Hello everyone. This is Kerwin and my buddy. This is Gustro. And today we are recording episode number 22. And today is Monday, August 3rd. Uh, we kind of got busy over the weekend and didn't get to record um, or weekend normally on a Sunday or Saturday that we do them. So uh, we're on episode 22. There's a bird in the backyard, so you can hear the bird in the background. <laughs> um, so lots of stuff has been going on in the aviation industry, of course. And uh, I think, um, was it IATA, uh, which is the International Air Transport Association, right? Um, mm -hmm. they, put, they put out a notice that said um, they don't expect travel to recover until 2024. Uh, I guess recover fully. So we're probably in this for the long haul. And, um, but despite all that doom and gloom, we have more doom and gloom <laughs> for you here today. So no, airlines are essential. I know. It's, the world cannot do without them. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Because we have to travel, right? We can't, there aren't, well, one, there aren't enough ships to take chips to take us across the Atlantic. And it takes way too long. <laughs> too long, right? And we need everything now. Absolutely. And it costs too much. And just think if you want to go get an iPhone or something, or uh, um, uh, iPhone or uh, what's the other one? Android phone, the Galaxy, um, you know, you're not going to take a ship to China or to, to Seoul, South Korea to get it. So aviation is here to stay. We're just on pause for a little bit. Um, so with that said, uh, Boeing Quite is, a needy little bird. I know, it's a very needy little bird, right? And I can't even see it. Um, oh, it just, it just flew across. And so what happened is that um, the aircraft manufacturers are having a lot of issues. Boeing has a ton of issues, and COVID is just another issue that they have. And so as a result, um, they're, they just built the 777X, uh, or the 77X, um, which is like the, the 777 with the folded wingtips. And Kushro, you're telling me that they're going to be delaying it? What's going on with that? Actually, this, I haven't heard of this before, but this is the first time where the airlines have actually requested Boeing to delay it because they're not at all ready to take delivery. And as you know, this is an aircraft that's almost a direct competitor with the, um, the A380. Mm -hmm. And so many airlines have gotten rid of those or grounded them. And there's just no demand for an aircraft of that size at this time or likely to be in the next few months. So Boeing has said that they're going to delay it by at least several months or about a year and start deliveries in 2022 as opposed to 2021. Mm. Now, I just hope they don't let their foot off the accelerator, so to speak, and uh, you know, let the program drift. Because here is their chance to perfect this aircraft, because they really need this to be uh, successful from the get-go after the 737 MAX debacle. Mm -hmm. So they cannot afford any missteps. And by slowing it down, I don't know um, if that will impact the progress of the certification process. Yeah. So, so then but, this is kind of a blessing in disguise for them. 
<laughs> it is a blessing. I think it is a blessing in disguise. But it also is a hit to their revenue. Yeah. Because they only get revenue when the aircraft is delivered. And um, there will be no deliveries. Because already first Emirates aircraft, first couple, I believe, Emirates aircraft have been rolled out um, of the assembly line. So they're on the tarmac at Everett. But they can't go. But there. they're going to have to sit there. Yeah. So this will be an interesting. But Airbus is actually maybe not in the same situation, but they're having problems with uh, airlines not willing to accept delivery. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and they cannot shut down production or slow production so fast anyway. Exactly. So they're also stuck with a backlog of planes. And, and again, weird. no revenue coming. Exactly. And it's weird because, um, I mean, one, the airlines have parked a lot of the planes that actually don't have anywhere to put the planes. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was yeah. flying into IAH uh, when I took that Delta flight and uh, the two parallel runways on the right as you come into the airport, I don't know what the numbers are, but one of them is, is, uh, is closed and it's just, it has airplanes parked on it, parked across it. And they're using the other mm -hmm. one for departures only. And uh, one of the weird things, one of the weird, weird things about flying during COVID is um, there are no delays. You push back and you go straight to the runway, you take off. Yeah. <laughs> so, there yeah, I also read that Boeing, ex they've got a backlog of 450-ish parked max planes. Yeah. And they expect to clear that in a year, which I think is, is remarkable. I think it's a little unbelievable, but yeah. that's amazing. They can do that. And I guess that oh. makes sense, right? Because all the other planes are parked anyway in the airline. The, air, the, air, the airlines actually need more efficient airplanes. So they've parked the old gas guzzles and they're going to use the other ones. Yeah. yeah. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. <laughs> so another blessing in disguise for them too, right? When you think about it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, we'll keep watching uh, what's going on with the 77X, 77X program. And um, all right, so the other one is Ryanair is announcing their first quarter 2020 loss. Um, although yeah, the only reason um, I chose this topic because uh, I mean, all the airlines in the world are announcing losses. Mm -hmm. But what I thought remarkable about this, about Ryanair's case, was that their traffic and their revenue dropped 99% year over year. Now remember, this is the UK quarter, the, uh, the UK first quarter, so April to March. Right. So this was April through the end of June. And as I said, the traffic dropped 99% uh, from uh, 42 million to less than half a million year were, over year. They were in lockdown, right? Yes. But what I thought was remarkable is that their load factors only went from 96% last year to 61% this year. Really? So they did a really fine job of adjusting capacity to demand. Because most airlines are operate, were operating in the teens load factor. For Ryanair to be doing this, I thought was pretty amazing. Maybe they had like one flight pressure. 
<laughs> What's that? Nobody had like one flight. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but they've got such a vast network throughout Europe and um, I think also North Africa and, and West Asia. So, so uh, but they they expect yeah. July to be at forty percent of capacity. Yeah. Um, sixty percent for August. It's seventy percent for September. Now I don't know how all that is going to play out with um, the recent instances of Spain, right, being um, uh, sort of blacklisted, not exactly, but uh, being quarantined in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Um, but um, I just thought this was very interesting that Ryanair managed to adjust their capacity so well. Yeah, that's actually cool. Oh. Now, now, so one of the things with Ryanair is that I've seen a lot of complaints from even my friends um, who were flying during that time. Um, they had refused to give people back their money uh, even after they've canceled their flights. Uh, and they were, they were required to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And what they would actually do, like every, like everybody else, is wait until the very last minute before they canceled the flights. And they would make you have to write a letter, and you have to call, and then you can't get through. So they were really, really bad about getting people back their money. I hope they... But were they any different from other carriers? Um, yeah, because some carriers, when you call them, you actually would get it back. But people were like, you know, it was almost like they were dodging people. Um, just from mm -hmm. some people that I've heard. And the industry as a whole was really horrible when it comes to giving people back their money, um, which I get it. I get that they want to keep something in the They bank. probably didn't have the money. Well, yeah, because I guess they, didn't, they didn't have any advanced bookings and they probably spent the money and doing other, other things with it. So you're, you're right. They probably didn't mm -hmm. have the money. Um, mm -hmm. Because in the airline business, the airline actually makes money on advanced bookings and advanced bookings that means exactly that. So, bookings that um, are done for the future. Uh, but they expect the full year, uh, 2021, which is again, April this year through March next year, uh -huh. to fall by 60%. So they only expect 40% of 2020 travel. Yeah. But now this is the financial year. That's because they're still so, going to crack them in. Yeah. Hey, but you get what you pay for, right? You do get what you pay for. Um, hold no. on one sec, for sure. Hold on one sec. Let me pause. Okay, and we're back. Just had to do a quick, a quick pause there. So, um, yeah, so you were saying that they were looking at um, a not-so-bad year. Because I think people will still fly. Because people are very odd when it comes to that. Um, they will complain about low-cost cars that ran in. Like, oh my God, I have no leg room. I'm sitting next to the right person, you know, right next to me. But they'll still fly. Yep. I'm, I'm very curious to know how the loads are so far in uh, July and August, because Europe has pretty much opened up with few exceptions. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to know, you know, and I think people How, in Europe are more serious about, um, you know, wearing masks and all that kind of yes, stuff. Yes, they are. Yeah, Absolutely. They're not, yeah, they're not really complaining about it like a lot of Americans are. Um, all right. So, so speaking of more load factors and uh, earnings, um, United 
uh, second quarter earnings were better than others because of cargo? Uh, again, this was something that stood out and I thought was pretty remarkable, um, that Delta and American reported that their cargo revenue was down 40% in that range, mm -hmm. year over year. But American, but United was up by 36%. And that value was 400 million in this, in the second quarter of 2020. And what's remarkable is that compared to United's 400 million, Delta was 108 million and American was 130 million. So over the first half of the year, United's revenue is up 15%, but Delta's is down 31 and Americans is down 37. Hmm. I was also reading that um, United recently hired an Efron's KLM um, alumni to head their cargo division in Chicago. And he had established a lot of contacts in the logistics operators throughout the world while he was at AFKLM. Hmm. And they suspect that his contacts helped perhaps steer a lot of traffic away from other carriers to United. Whatever it was, that's pretty remarkable, I think. Yeah, that's because cargo is, um, cargo revenue is, cargo generally is doing very well at this time. And the yields have also gone up significantly. So I think that was a very smart move by United. Well, but in, you know, when, when you think about it, right, because we've been on flights where we get bumped because of cargo. cargo. So if there are no humans on board, they can fill the cargo up, right? And some of them yeah. actually, I don't know if United was one of the airlines, but some airlines have gotten permission to carry cargo inside the airplane. Yes. I don't know if you need permission, honestly. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I thought there was like a thing you had to do because it has to be packed a special way. Because some some airlines yeah. put they put them in the in their overhead bins, and then they yeah. also and also on uh, strap them into the seats and things like that. Yeah, and with netting. Yeah, and so I know yeah. that there's there's special because someone did a video on an Air Canada seven seven three that was coming yes. from uh, China and it had all cargo uh, on it. So I think a lot of the British carriers like BA and Virgin have done that. Yeah, so frequently. So which is cool, right? So if you're not carrying yeah. passengers, you can carry as much cargo as you as your as your tonnage would allow you. Um, so, but yeah, no, I thought this was really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, and there was Southwest as well, but they don't have a large international yeah. um, map route map, and uh, right, they don't. They don't have a big cargo operation. Yeah. Their revenue was down fourteen percent. United bucked the trend. Okay. That's good. So, did they say where the cargo was coming and going? No, they did not. Because uh, that would be interesting to see what was happening, right? Hmm. I'm sure a lot of it was international, though. Oh, I would think so. Especially I mean, I yeah. with the PPE. Exactly. <laughs> coming would... from overseas. And United has the aircraft for it. Well, one thing I've noticed oh. that there is actually more PPEs available. You can actually go into the store and get a face mask now. Um, you still can't oh, get, can you get an N95? Um, get the no, but they but, need specialized, but you can order N95s online. 
and they're okay. actually used to be they would take like uh, a month to get to you now it's taking uh -huh. like they're showing like two weeks availability or sometimes even a week's availability um it's about time right it's been almost what five months exactly and if you go to places like costco and even like um walgreens you can get the surgical face mask um that you have to buy in bulk uh, no, no, just a regular, no? you, know, you know, the regular blue ones that you see everybody wearing. Okay. No. Yeah, you can get the disposable those. ones. The disposable ones, yeah, you can get those at, uh, well, they're all disposable, I guess, but you know, we know what we're talking about. Um, you can get them at like Costco had them, um, Walgreens have them. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Randall's have them. So you can, you can get them, okay. you can get them just at a regular store. And um, they, it's, you still can't walk in and get wipes unless the last time I got wipes, I went to HEV and I was looking for wipes and they were sold out. And then while, while walking around, the lady came back, you know, the lady who, who brings or whoever brings all this stuff back that people bought stuff and they don't need. Well, you're only allowed like two cases of wipes and people would take up three and four. So she brought back all the ones from the cashiers that people had left. And I was like, oh, great. And that's how come I got two the last time. <laughs> so, and that's because so, I went really early in the morning. So it's, it's, it's good to see, it's good to do stuff like that. So things are coming, things like that are coming back slowly, um, you know, which, which is a good thing, right? You don't have to like order and wait yeah. in line or all that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing so, that is uh, Vistara um, is, so one of the things that really, weird is that airlines are actually doing new routes at this time and is it Vistara who's in uh, India is actually doing three new routes tell us about that well they are uh, they have deep pockets because they have Singapore Airlines as a 51% partner okay uh, as an owner sorry and the Tata group in India is the rest and they have uh, deliveries of two seven eight nines, and given the demand between India and uh, let's say Western Europe and the U.S., yeah, they have announced starting in not a few in under a week or two a flight to London Heathrow. Now I don't know where they're getting the slots from, but a lot of airlines are not flying. Right. Um, on their allotted slots, like Singapore Airlines, for instance. So I don't know if they're um, uh, leasing the SQ slots or from somewhere else. But yes, they have announced these. And uh, I think it's part of the air bubble for now, because India really isn't open for scheduled service. Right, they're not. So <laughs> this is a very weird arrangement that India has seemed to have worked out. Um, to have these individual air bubbles with different countries. But yeah. um, so far, it seems to be working. So they've start announced London Heathrow, confirmed. And coming up soon is uh, Paris and Frankfurt. Now, I'm not sure how they could do this on with two 789s, but I guess it would be a day of week schedule, yeah. and not daily schedule, at least initially. Yeah, it's probably like twice. But I think they have like 10 or 12 on order. So, um, yeah, Boeing. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Unless they yeah. defer some of the dev delivery. Yeah. But hmm. It seems a very odd time to announce new routes, but why not if you can get them to work? It does seem that way. I mean, interesting so, thing that you've seen, uh, you know, I've been looking at FlightAware during all this, and despite the fact that traffic is on, there's a lot of planes flying. Um, yeah, there is. Yeah, they're doing a lot of cargo runs and things like that, but uh, and charter flights and okay, there's still repatriation flights going on. Yeah. And, sp and speaking of repatriation, uh, in one of the episodes, I'm trying to remember which was it episode 19 or maybe it was episode 18, we spoke to uh, Ram Kumar who did a repatriation flight. So if you guys go to um, passrider.com slash WHIT, you'll see um, we interviewed him on here about that. Um, so yeah, so there's still a lot of planes that are flying, flying around. We still need to get the Jamaican guy. I have to send him a note so we can uh, talk about the repatriation flight that he did from Belgium to to Kingston. Um, no. Okay. So one news I saw was pretty uh, going to be pretty devastating for U.S. aviation industry is um, United chooses commuter and releases ExpressJet. Well, they haven't officially released ExpressJet, but okay. it's unwritten. So United owns um, ExpressJet, um, and uh, they own the aircraft. Now, ExpressJet and Commuter are the sole providers of ERJ-145 capacity to United. Okay. And um, in a cross-cutting move, um, they decided to consolidate the 145 operations with one operator. And they chose Commuter, which is based in Ohio, I believe, uh, because of their lower cost structure. Now, given that ExpressJet is owned by United and has no other clients, I don't know what's going to happen to them. A commuter is based, they feed United out of Newark and uh, Washington, Dallas. Mm -hmm. And um, ExpressJet is out of uh, Chicago, Houston, and Denver, and a few other yeah. uh, cities. So this does not look good for ExpressJet at all. And uh, I'm not sure how they could survive, but you never know. Yeah. Because uh, the next uh, companies that I assume United will target is uh, CRJ 200. They've also got nice uh, SkyWest and Air Wisconsin. So I don't know if they will uh, consolidate that as well to one operator. Yeah. But those carriers have agreements with other with other airlines, airlines right? like Delta. Yeah. So and then they've got GoJet. Or the, the 550, which is yeah. the CRJ 70, 700, with 50 passengers and a first class cabin. Yeah. So I, they are owned by Transstates, and okay. Transstates well, has gone out of business. Yes, they were the first so, ones to go. So I'm not sure how Go, because they owned GoJet. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just so everyone understands, um, they. they Normally, when you fly, it's very different in the U.S. It's different yeah, in the U.S. It's different here. So normally, when you fly like a um, a big airline, 
and you're flying what's called an express carrier. So it'll say United Express or American Eagle or um, I guess it's Delta Connection is probably what it is now. Um, mm. They are operated by smaller a smaller airplane because a lot of these airp these airports can't take a lot a larger airplane, so they take the smaller airplanes. And um, so when you buy a ticket, it's like and, GLM, I guess. To, sorry to interrupt. No, like no, GLM no. City Hub or um, um, Air France Hub or yeah. Iberia Express or Lufthansa City Line. That does that type of thing. So when you buy the ticket, yeah. you buy a like you you buy a United ticket, but you're flying on an airline that's not operated by United Airlines. It's operated by express jet or commute air it's a little thing that you never notice on your ticket and um and it's required by law to tell you that you're not flying on the airline that you bought the ticket from but another airline that's operating as that airline um so it just to explain to you how that how that whole thing how the whole thing works now so what happens to like uh, there's a lot of those like for example houston express jet is the one that does a lot of this the texas cities um yes. and you know the surrounding state cities mm -hmm. that united flies to so yep. does this mean that is coming and they just built this brand new terminal in terminal b well not just it's maybe a year or two old now yeah uh with like three ports to to take care of all that so that's going to be I'm kind of commuter is going to take over but i don't know how they're going to well i guess since united owns all the 145s that express jet has mm -hmm. they'll just transfer to commuter so oh, that's going to be ugly okay we're going to have yes, to, to watch this story now um that's going to be yeah, yeah. and then comes the 70 the 70 seaters yeah. right because they've got republic mesa and uh skywest so the operators, the, 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 the 175s. Wow. The thing behind all this is there are people behind all these, right? Because every jet that every jet that flies requires three employees, uh, at least. If they you know if they're 50, at least. 50 seats yeah. or less, you require at least three if it's up to over 50. So they probably need three to four people to operate them two in the cockpit and one or two in the cabin. Um, so this means that there's a lot of people that's going to be out of work, not to mention all the people who does the back end um, side of things, the yep. schedulers, the maintenance, know, the maintenance, the yep. ramp workers, the gate check-in. Um, so when it's huge, this is really, really bad for the aviation industry. Um, and I do hope that we rebound early enough and at the top of the, the, the session we had said that IADA predicts it's not going to happen till 2024 so buckle up people the ride is getting bumpier because um, I'm sure commuter will have to hire a lot of cabin and cockpit crew yeah to take on all these additional flights but in terms of express jet management exactly what's um, going to happen there yep Maybe no. maybe commute air will gobble up express jet. Maybe, maybe you know? yeah. Maybe that's what's gonna happen. Um, but they don't need two headquarters though. No, no. So the question no. is, what's gonna? Where is express jet based? 
in Atlanta. Sorry, in Georgia. It's not Atlanta, but it's uh, it's in Georgia. I thought they were in Houston. I thought they were in Houston as well. Moved to Georgia. Yeah, they were, um, but yeah, yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Wow. And uh, and but if this works, I can see the others doing the same thing to cut their costs. Yeah, I mean consolidation is definitely expected. And uh, everyone is, well, well, but, yeah, but in the meantime, what's it, we spoke, or maybe two or three episodes ago, about the new, is it Breeze? Yes. Yeah, so our industry is really, is really weird. So, you know, maybe the people who use Surfer Express Jet will get jobs at Breeze. Um, because it is going to remember that, yeah, but that's at least a year away. Right. So what it do you is. Do? It, de- it definitely is. And I can definitely see like um, a lot of people are not flying. I mean, you could tell because I can see it from the traffic on the website. Uh, a lot fewer people are coming to the are coming to, and it's like and it's it's a lot fewer, not like a little fewer, a lot fewer. Yeah, um, it's crazy. All right. So more doom and gloom. I don't think we have any good news this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. The, and th- this one kind of breaks my heart now. Um, British Airways is canceling one of the coolest routes that that's out there. Kusha, tell us about that. This is one that I wanted to take. Um, London City to KFK. Um, via Shannon, right? This was via Shannon on the westbound route. So just to back up a little bit, this was a twice a day A318. BA only had two 318 Airbus A318 aircraft. Yeah. And they operated out of London City, catering to um, the business demand from the Docklands and that area. Yeah. Because security at London City wasn't as crowded and chaotic as it is at Heathrow or Gatwick. So they could board the aircraft really fast and because of the range limitations of the 318, they had to make a, a stop in Shannon because the airport at London City, is, the runway is too short for the aircraft to take off with a full load of fuel. Right. So they landed in, they land in Shannon and people clear U.S. customs and immigration at Shannon. So then when they enter JFK, it's a domestic flight. And they can very easily go back to business or whatever they need to do. This was a 32-seat 318. And um, I was reading about the reasoning about how this really won't be missed. Yes, it was a relic of, I hate to say, the olden days. It was kind of Concorde, right? Right. It was the Concorde flight numbers, BA1 and BA2. But they reasoned that now with the in-flight connectivity people really don't need to um take these planes because even on a non-stop or a regular flight you are able to work on board an aircraft mm-hmm. like going transatlantic plus uh this flight ba1 and ba2 was clocked at one hour 45 minutes extra block time compared to a non-stop London Heathrow JFK. And also with global entry now applicable to UK citizens, 
time savings really wasn't that much. So, um, except though, Krisha, hold on one sec. Except that you got to leave from the center of London, which is huge. Leave, yes, it is which very is, huge. Yeah. I mean, you know, because that saves you a whole hour from having to go get to Heathrow. And plus, I yes. mean, it was so convenient. So, so, so good. If you've never yes. flown out of London City, that airport is literally in the heart of London. Um, and you, you basically, you can be off the plane and on the train in 10 minutes or less. I mean, it's, it's that convenient. Have you flown out yeah. of London City? No. Oh, dude. You, you, oh, my God. <sighs> uh, I need to add some links from here. Uh, I, the last time I flew in there, I flew in on a... ERJ 190 uh, on Lot Polish uh, from Vilnius. Oh. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful air, airport to land and take off in. But continue. And also, this aircraft has the old business class seats, and B is installing, yeah. you know, this new called, uh, no, it's called Club Suite or something, I believe. Yeah, they have new seats, yep. Yeah. So, um, and now they had reduced the uh, frequency to one a day, I think for a couple of years, with one A380. So I guess mm. it's expensive to maintain it. Yeah. And I guess with the loads gone and business travel down so significantly, Doesn't make sense. it just wasn't able to continue this route. But yeah, it's a shame. <laughs> it is quite the shame. I, I want to know what, if they will transfer the BA1, BA2 flight numbers to Another others, yeah. Like, um, so. I, so they, they, um, I've always wanted to take that flight like yourself. The reason why I've never taken it is because um, uh, BA charges like uh, fuel surcharge. So if you leave, Lon I wanted to take it to London because if I take it from JFK to London, I wouldn't have to pay the, the, um, the departure tax, which is like what a hundred. Mm. 75 US dollars in all. Um, this is out of the UK? Uh, yeah, out of the UK. Huh. But if I took it out of the UK, then I would have to pay uh, the departure tax in the UK. And if I took it out of the US, I pay the surcharge. And a lot of fares, when you looked at the, when you looked at the fares, it, it's pointless to pay the surcharge. And I wanted to use the miles, but even if I used the miles, I would still have to pay the taxes. So when I looked at it, financially, it didn't make any sense um, to do it. Mm. And now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, the last flight was in March. So. Yeah, now it's gone. I've seen it many times. Um, I'm going to see if I can include some pictures uh, in this episode on the website at passrather.com slash WHIT. And um, I've seen it a few times. And it's, it's cool to see it take off. I've not seen it landed. But I've seen it taken off uh, from there. Mm. Uh, that's yeah, you know the, the, this mm -hmm. whole thing. Uh, it, it hasn't killed aviation, but it's killed a lot of the cool things that happens in aviation, and that was one of the. I think this was the largest plane to fly out of London City. Uh, yes, it actually. Except is. now that the two twenty. Yeah, is the uh, two twenty larger? The, uh, the. They're comparable almost. Yeah, they're probably about the same size, right? Yeah, because I think Swiss flies it into Yes, they London do. City. Yeah, they do. I, so, I actually was trying to fly Swiss and all that, but the price was prohibitive. 
Um, it's yeah. quite it's quite expensive um, to fly them so, there. And um, also with Brexit, I don't know if there will be that. There will yeah. continue to be that business demand between um, Europe, which used to be lo London, and uh, New York. And New York, so that should be interesting. Yeah, so, we're gonna have to watch that. I won't be able to see anything until you know, maybe next year, about several years, about yeah. this time. You know, when things, uh, when hopefully we would have figured out this COVID thing, where a vaccine in place or some kind of mitigation uh, in place for it all. Um, all right. One last story we got is that uh, JetSmart is doing. Out of Chile. Uh, they have. We did spoke barely about them last week, right? Uh, yes, we did, actually. Okay. Yeah. They had expired. They had expired. Um, started a subsidiary in Peru. Yes, exactly. So now, um, remember, these are owned by this airline is owned by Indigo Partners, so which also owns uh, Frontier in the US. Yeah. So there are not too many details, but they are going to introduce the the ULCC, the ultra low cost carrier concept to cargo, which on the face of it sounds like an amazing idea. Especially for South America, which um, really doesn't have uh, a lot of competition. They haven't specified exactly what their definition of this is going to be, but cheap considering cheap cargo, yes, cheap cargo operation. Hmm. But they do fly um, a lot of the premium routes, for instance, Santiago to. Uh, Buenos Aires, Lima, um, uh, Sao Paulo, and Bogota already. And those are the big, the heavyweights in South America, with a few other exceptions, of course. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see how this develops. Yeah, that's. Uh, because I can see a lot of other copycats elsewhere in the world. Yeah. So, but I give them credit. They're yeah. barely a few years old. And they're already quite aggressive. I know, that's interesting. So, you know, in aviation, you need two things to be successful, ego and money. Because <laughs> like a lot of these guys, they're just like, uh, and, you know, and the funny thing, right, that's why, you know, a lot of people make a lot of money in this world. Because if you have, if you have some money, there's a lot of opportunities out there because you know all this stuff is going to come back, right? Yep. No, but they've captured, they're now the second largest carrier in Chile, yeah. behind LATAM, which is pretty remarkable for a new airline. That is very remarkable. So what happened to H2? Yeah, 28%. Uh, what happened what, to what? H2. It's um, Sky? Is that Sky? Yeah. Yeah, then uh, I, I believe um, uh, JetSmart is about 30% load share and... Um, Sky is at about 23, 22. Okay, because right. I flew and, them. And uh, Latam yeah. is about 50. Yeah, and they, the the um the 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 halls or the routes the the rough lengths in South America, um they get pretty long, um, or even even because a lot of them I mean, you you have to if if you're coming up to Colombia from Chile it's far if you're coming up to Lima from Chile it's far if you're coming up to um but they're all doable by seven thirty seven right yes because or three twenty 
Um, I flew us, I want to say it's a 600, but I might be incorrect. Uh, Copa uh, flight. I did a Copa okay. flight from Santiago to, um, uh, what's, the, what's the hub in, in Panama? Panama City? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was on a 737. I, I don't think it was a 600. It probably was a 800. I think they only uh, have 800. They only have 800. Yeah, it might have been a 700, but it was a long mm -hmm. flight. It was an awfully long flight. Um, it, it's like it's like going Houston to Anchorage almost. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, it was like it was close to six hours. I was like, oh my god. But is Anchorage like eight or nine? No, Anchorage oh, is no, seven. Okay. Yeah, Houston okay. Anchorage is like seven, which I've done on a on a uh, Max, and they just got okay. the Max. And I've also done it on the 7.5, because it's this time of year, it's this time of the year in the summer that they would do the Houston Anchorage nonstop. Um, because a lot, yeah. of the, a lot of the cruise flights, and you can never get on a flight because the flights are always so full, plus they're weight restricted sometimes. This is the airline that also has wild animals on their tail, like Frontier does? Yeah, JetSmart does. Oh. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess no. Is this over yet so we can go out and explore a lot of these? Uh, it would be great to do like an episode from Chile talking about uh, JetSmart or something like that. <laughs> hey, if they invite me. Uh, I know, right? Uh, but this is good. So, so that, that's, that's kind of, do you have anything else or is that about it? Another thing I sort of like, um, I read actually that I thought was very innovative was Mesa, mm -hmm. which is again, one of these carriers in the US like um, Express Jet and Commuter, um, they've seen their traffic die, but yeah. they have signed a deal with DHL Express, uh -huh. a cargo for, for, um, worldwide cargo operator, to operate two 73400 freighters oh. on behalf of DHL. Perfect. And given the uplift in the, the cargo demand, I thought that was a great idea. Yeah. Now, granted that they're introducing a new fleet type, but they've leased them from DHL. So I don't know if the crews and if it's in if it's a wet lease or a dry lease. I don't know. Hmm. But I think it was an interesting attempt to try and diversify uh, their revenue streams. Yeah, that makes sense because so, there's lots of cargo moving. Uh, yeah. All right, Kusha, we need to come up with a cool idea that can. Because, because you, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much things that are going on that's bad that we can probably take this and make something good out of it. I don't know what it is, but we have to think about it. Maybe we can brainstorm and yeah. come, up with some, come up with some cool ideas out there. Um, the other thing yeah. that I saw I wanted to bring up was um, Delta was doing a flight from, I think it was flight from Detroit. And they had to turn back and take some people off because they weren't wearing masks. Um, and so this is kind of just a PSA. It's like, we need to get out, even if you don't agree with whatever is going on, but if you're gonna go out there and use services that has a requirement for you to use that service, just do it. Because you're not the only person flying on that plane. And so that airplane had to return. And then, and I don't know exactly what happened after that, but you're just totally inconveniencing people 
just because you don't want to follow or you have you have beliefs i don't care what your beliefs are but you have different beliefs about something but don't make people's life a living hell just because you don't want to you you think if you think something shouldn't be i don't i don't see the point of you going out of your way to make someone's life difficult uh, these sort of stories to be honest really really aggravate me them. It's selfish, entitled brats. Yeah, it, it, it don't consider anyone but themselves. Yeah, exactly. causing so much, as you said, inconvenience and expense. There's a lot of expense because the for no reason losing, whatsoever. Exactly, and the airlines are already losing money, right? So it's like um, they they you get a. <laughs> You burned fuel to leave, and now you have to turn back. And if and if the crew is out of whack, then that flight's probably going to be canceled. It's not like they have a whole bunch of flights running, running um, all yeah. day long or something like that. It's not the same as it is. So whenever you create something, you're causing more problems than you think you're causing just because you don't want to do something. It's a similar thing of people going to other people's country and they have a rule that says you need to do a COVID test on arrival and you get there like, I'm not doing the test. And why did you get on the plane in the first place? I mean, I just don't, I, I no. don't understand it. So, um, There's been no follow through as far as I know, right? If these people were penalized or yeah, I, fined I, or whatever. Yeah. You know what happened with these stories that you hear what happens, you hear the story, but you never hear the follow-up as usual. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. As usual. Yes. So um, just, if you, if you don't like someone's policy, stay away. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. If, you don't, if, if I say you need to put shoes on to come to my store and you have no shoes on, why are you coming into my store? I told you you need a, you need a pair of shoes on. So it's like, just, just get with it, people. Um, How entitled you have to be. It caused yeah. so much disruption without uh, caring. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, as, as we, we keep telling you about all these people who are losing their jobs at the airlines, airlines are closing, airlines are shutting down. And so when people, when they're trying to serve you as best as they can, this is very, very, very costly. Those empty seats that does the leave in the middle, they are costly. Um, they are not cheap. Yep. And they are leaving they're leaving money on the table so that you can be safe. So when you decide that you wanna just be annoying, um, you're you're taking money out of other people's pocket who are actually trying to keep the economy going. But I don't think people see that. No, they don't, of course not. It's only themselves that they have to be called. So, so that's what they <laughs> And with that, since we have nothing else for this week, uh, this is Kerwin and my buddy. This is Kushro. And we have been talking about what's happening in travel. This has been episode 22. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon.